Hey everyone, it's Kevin Goatee from Comics Watching Comics. Guys, make sure you check out Comics Watching Comics on Amazon Video. Season 4 just went up. Season 5 will be up any day now. And Season 6, hopefully, will be up at Christmas time. And oh yeah, don't forget to check out the live Comics Watching Comics show that happened a few weeks ago at Gotham Comedy Club. Thanks again for watching Comics Watching Comics. Check out our website, comicswatchingcomics.com, and our social media, at Comics Watching on Twitter, as well as Comics Watching Comics on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks a lot. Why are you drinking Today. soda in the morning? Okay. Or any time. You want to know why? It's so bad for you. Because I woke terrible. up at like two-something this morning. I might have got up so early this time, mm. or now I've pretty much crashed. <laughs> we're, we're not even porn could help you? Yeah. Couldn't even do it. It couldn't do anything. Let's do this. Welcome, everyone, to the Gravity Beard Podcast. We're recording today in Studio A. Thank you, as always, to our listeners. We appreciate your continued support. Today, we convene our usual roundtable of Greg, Ivan, and Tom. This is the first episode in a series called Where Are They Now? It's exactly what it sounds like. We'll find someone who once played a prominent role in pop culture, but now is no longer in the spotlight. Let's get started. This is the Gravity Beard Podcast. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. Welcome back to the show. Yes. Buenos dias. Good morning. Welcome back. We are joined once again by Greg and Tom and Ivan. Oh, yeah. I'd like to wish all of you a happy Migas today. Oh, happy happy Migas Day. I don't know if we'll ever reveal to our audience what that means. No one knows what that means. I'm just going to wish you a happy Migas. I don't think I know. Is it an anagram or is it just like, I guess we, we can talk about this later. Yeah. Or not talk about it at all and just leave it a mystery for the, for the audience. <laughs> for even you. For, for me. For even you. <laughs> yeah, you're even, you're even yeah. a part of it. <laughs> all right. Well, let's jump right in. Let's jump in. So we're going to start here. So I'd be curious to know how many of our listeners have heard of the first person we're going to discuss. But I'm actually thrilled to be profiling him on this episode. And I hope when we're done... You're thrilled. I, I, re- I really you am. You really and are. He, yes, I really am. I really enjoyed researching all him. All I know is that Ivan... I just want to point out something to everyone here. <laughs> that I've never seen Ivan so interested in getting on this podcast for anything. other. I mean, this is the biggest deal. He was very excited for this. Very excited. I'm going to have yeah. no idea who y'all are talking about, I'm sure. Yeah, so... so I just hope that when we're done, that that our our audience adequately appreciates him. That we've 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 discussed him in a way that that they can fully appreciate this guy. And so, this is how I want to enter. This this is Ivan's pick, but this is how I want to introduce our first subject. He's considered one of the greatest talk show hosts ever, ladies and gentlemen. From the '60s through the '80s, his interviews with celebrities ranging from Gore Vidal to Jimi Hendrix were and are renowned for their humor and their intelligence. The Onion AV Club recently said he, quote, proved good conversation makes good television. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Mr. Dick Cavett. Whoa. Hey, welcome. Welcome to the show. It would be... Glad you could make it this morning, Dick. So our first topic, our first subject is talk show host Dick Cavett. Again, this was Ivan's selection. So, Dick, most people don't know he was an actor and a writer before he got into talk show, being a talk show host, which is what he's most well known for. Uh-huh. So, Ivan, yeah, start Tell by us. telling us start, start by telling us where he's from, and and then we'll kind of get into how he became famous. Well, 
first of all, I'd like to say that Dick Cavett kind of reminds me of Chris Green in many ways. Very white breadish kind of person. This will be cut out of the white podcast. Yeah, kind of. Huh? This will be cut out. No, 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 no. No, no, Because you mentioned his full name. Can you elaborate on white bread? Yes. Uh, non ethnic, <laughs> non ethnic looking. Okay. All right. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. so right, what, what I've been calling the toe. So, so, let's so, say the toe. What, what I've been so, saying is I'm a generic white guy. He's a generic white guy. Uh-huh. And, and very much like Dick Cavett. Dick Cavett is not one of these in your face. You know, he's very cerebral. He First of all. Um, so, what you're saying is that the toe could be the next Dick Cavett. Uh, first of all, he was born in 1936 yeah, in Nebraska. That, apparently, at all. No, yeah, he didn't respond no, to that. No, I, did, I, I, I didn't respond. I moved on. I moved on. He was born in 1936 in Nebraska. Okay, 81 years old. All right. Full full, full name Richard Alva Cabot. Cabot. He, he's short. He's only five foot six and a half inches. Huh? So short. Short. So I'm guy. much taller than Dick Cabot. Yeah, yeah. So that that's that's where the comparison uh, yeah, right takes yeah. a departure. Uh, yeah. yeah. He, he's Yale educated. So that's pretty wow. impressive. I know. He, that's a it, lot different than he, he's Tope known. Mm-hmm. Go Bulldogs! He, I, I went to a public university. That's a punchline to the entire country. Right. So that's not the same thing. <laughs> right. He, he's known for his conversational style. I'll give that kind of like Chris. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'll give that yeah. to the Tope. Okay. And in-depth discussions. Yeah, I'll give that so, to the Tope. Th- thank you very much. Yeah. Now, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. now here's where they they part. He's okay. had a five decade. Five decade run in television. I mean, wow. think about and, that. And that's a little unfair because I haven't been alive for five decades. So give me a chance. That's yeah. right. I'm catching that's up right. to him. Yeah, you are. So he, Wait, he, you he, haven't he, started television yet. No, I'm. I'm going to start being a talk show host really, really soon, <laughs> and uh, a really famous one too. Now, okay. now, now, his talk show, just his the Dick Cavett show, was yes. on on ABC from 68, 1968 to nineteen seventy four. So that's a decent run. But but what would distinguished him is he had guests on his show that would not go on any other shows that's right such as a marlon brando kind of guy he just didn't didn't do talk shows. well and and before we get too far i want to talk a little bit more about his early life and just kind of the things that lead up to you know what we know him for well wait a second here's where he was wait a second here wait a second here here's where he differed from the TOEF. You okay. want to call him the TOEF this morning? Yeah. The, okay. that's Here's where he differed, <laughs> but where he was similar to Johnny Carson, he was an aspiring magician. That's right. Yeah. So so I can actually pick things up there. Right. So in eighth grade, eighth grade, so 14 years old, Cavett directed a live Saturday morning radio show sponsored by the Junior League at his school. Uh, he was elected state president of student council in high school. He was a gold medalist. At the state gymnastics championship. Did you know that? I did not know that. Yeah. Before leaving for college, he worked as a caddy at the Lincoln Country Club. He also began performing magic shows for $35 a night under the tutelage of Gene Gloy, who we have never heard of. And in 1952, Cavett attended the Convention of International Brotherhood of Magicians in St. Louis and won the Best New Performer Trophy. Wow. That sounds awesome. Okay. Hang on. So so now so now we already at this time start to see how many people were up for that trophy. I think seven. We need to go to this. <laughs> yeah, not, this not thing. bad. No, no, I, have, not I have no idea. Didn't good. say road trip. But but this is this road is trip. already where, where where it gets interesting <laughs> because he starts to cross paths with some other people that we know really well. Around the same time, he met fellow magician Johnny Carson. Uh, huh? 
Huh? Eleven years his senior, who was doing a magic act at a church in Lincoln, Nebraska. <laughs> There you go. Yeah. So as you said, um, he went to Yale. He was involved in the drama club there or the drama group. Uh, he also took advantage of any opportunity to meet stars, routinely going to shows in New York to hang around stage doors and venture backstage. Wow. Yeah. yeah. When you have somebody, a five-decade run of not only his own show, but other shows, special writer as a right. writer, comedy writer, whatever, he's been nominated for 11 Emmys. Yeah. Which, which is a big, and he's That's won. True. He's won three, nominated for eleven Emmys, won three. Now, what's interesting about him is he's still active today. You know, some so many of these people were, you know, that have been famous or been around. Uh, uh, he's very active now. So that actually makes him a terrible candidate for a where is they now because he's still doing the no, same no, thing but 50 you, years no, later. Yeah, I was told no, I couldn't do that. <laughs> no, no, he's not a terrible candidate. He's a wonderful no, I'm, candidate I'm, I'm because kidding. you don't know him now. His, mo- his most recent, listen to this, his most recent uh, Emmy nomination came in 2012 where he did an HBO uh, conversation special with Mel Brooks. Right. In 2012. Right. Wow. One of yeah. your favorites, just a few too. Years ago. We yeah, know that. Okay. Then, if you think about it, he's had successful shows on ABC, PBS, USA Network and CNBC. I mean, that's pretty incredible. Okay, so in 2012, he had this recent nomination. But he had a PBS special in 2014 uh, that was called Dick Cavett Watergate. Now, Tom probably doesn't know what Watergate is, but you need to write that down. And, and I do know what Watergate is. I don't. I still don't know who it Dick Cavett class. is. Yeah. Do what? He learned it in history class. Oh, last week when last week yeah. okay yeah. he's still in 10th grade but but <laughs> in april in april of 2015 he did a pbs special that they actually showed last week again on pbs that dovetailed ken burns uh vietnam series on really? pbs that, that's been running uh-huh. and anyway but in 2015 he did a pbs special dick cavett vietnam so they dovetailed it in wow. with this new brand new ken burns special that's awesome okay so so that was a really good summary and so i'm going to back up and go through some of that stuff in a little more detail if okay, you don't mind. okay no 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 that's great so here's how here's how dick cavett became famous in 1960, Cavett was living in a three-room, fifth-floor walk-up apartment on West 89th Street, Manhattan, for $51 a month. <laughs> Sounds great. He was working, he was working as... <laughs> Tom, you're adding so much to this. I, I know. Love thank it. you, Tom. Thank you for contributing. Yeah, I pay 200 times more than that. <laughs> <laughs> so or he was working as a copy 20, boy... 20 times. Oh. He was working as a copy boy at Time Magazine when he read a newspaper item... About Jack Parr, the host of The Tonight Show at the time. Who is the second, the after, first, the original Steve, Steve Allen. Allen. That's right. Jack Parr was the second host of The Tonight Show. Really? Yes. So, so this is interesting. <clears throat> Just think about this. because Think about how we think about the le- these legendary talk show hosts. Right. So the article described Jack Parr's concerns about his opening monologue and constant search for material. He was having trouble coming up with his... Would you believe he was having trouble coming up with monologue material? Huh. You wouldn't huh. think that was a problem. No. So Cavett wrote some jokes, put them into a, an envelope with Time's logo on it, huh. went over to the RCA building where the show was, was being shot at the time. He ran into Parr in the hallway. Just think about the, being able to pull this off today. Impossible. Impossible. He handed Parr the envelope himself, and then he went, uh, went to sit in the studio audience for, that, for the taping of that show. 
During the show, Parr worked in some of the lines that Kevin had just given him. <laughs> Afterward, Kevin got in an elevator with Parr, who invited him to contribute more On jokes. Purpose, do you think? You think he kind of like waited? And, oh, for yeah, sure, for yeah, sure, absolutely. Because I think yeah. as we talk about Dick Kevin, you realize he did this kind of thing a lot. That's how uh-huh. he. That's how he kind of got going. And so he fe- got in the elevator with Parr again. Within weeks, he was hired as a writer for the show. And, wow. and that's how and he that's got, how it kind of just took off. off. Yeah, and so so Cavett, <laughs> and so this is one of my favorite notes. So Cavett is credited with this famous line that Jack Parr once used to introduce the beautiful and quite buxom Jane Mansfield. Have you heard this? And, and first of all, do you know who Jane Mansfield was? I don't know who anyone oh, was. Yeah. Well, Jane Mansfield <laughs> was a very famous buxom movie star. You know what the word buxom means? I, I don't. You it, don't know what buxom means? It, it sounds like not an older Buxton, not Buxton. adjective that not, not Buxton, you gents the, the, use. Uh, you know what Buxton is? Okay, let's not snowboard let's not, company. Let's not no distract us. Basically, Buxton means she has large breasts. Female. That's okay, what I, that my all first right. Guess. I can't believe you don't. Yeah, whoa, hey. Uh, okay, so so in any case, hey. Jane Mansfield was a very famous Buxom, you know, woman at the time. And the line to introduce her to come out on stage to join the show was, here they are, Jane Mansfield. <laughs> <laughs> what was he referring to? Just so we're clear. <laughs> Maybe Ivan would like to no, tell you. No, that's Ivan funny. Would... I never. I that's never. Great. I never yes. that's great. And, and there's clips you can find on YouTube of him telling that story. <laughs> and that line was was famous for years. That's hilarious. That's great. I feel like you'd get in trouble for saying that today. I don't think you would. No, I think you'd like I to get that. That's funny. No, that's funny. So in the mid '60s, he had a brief career as a stand-up comic. I'm I'm not surprised by that at all, and, yeah. and we'll hear some clips from him. Right. He's, he's very funny. Uh, and, and, I mean, it, it, as if anybody five six really can stand up. I mean, oh, yeah. <laughs> whoa, a short joke! Wow, <laughs> which I think we've wow. learned recently. Yeah, we learned to, recently. You have an issue with short people. I do. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I'm fascinated by. Oh, fascinated! Fascinated! <laughs> it's a fascination. <laughs> Go ahead. Wow, but only if they're hot. Also, no, cute, cute, oh, cute. cute, cute. Also, yeah. okay, short, lovable cute people, lovable. <laughs> If you could just wrestle their hair and they're, <laughs> they're cheap. Like elves. Yeah. Yeah. An elf. Like elves. An elf. That's the word. Yeah. Okay. So, as, as you point out, in 68, he was hired. Oh, no, you didn't You didn't say this. In 1968, Cavett was hired by a- ABC to host This Morning, which is obviously a morning show. According to a New, York, New Yorker article, the show was too sophisticated for morning audiences. Uh-huh. So, ABC moved him to primetime. Yeah. And then very quickly, they moved him to a late night spot. Opposite Johnny Carson, yeah. wow, right. who at, at the you know had taken over for yeah, Jack Park. Opposite of Do- Johnny Carson, right? He was head to head with with not, Johnny Carson. That's big. Who was but, on NBC and on on the other channel was. But, so was he like? Uh, was he like Conan going up against uh, Letterman? Probably so. Okay. So so he was up against Johnny Carson on one channel, uh huh, and then on the other channel was Merv Griffin. Whoa! He yeah, eventually so, went to an afternoon show. So, so who was the kind of who was the kind of guy who wasn't as good? Would you say they were all good? It's they, be were Merv. All good. they were all no. Mark Griffin became the most successful guy of, all, just, of everybody. Of those three, though, kind of had to be Dick, right? So, at the peak of his fame, his guests were as high as profile as you get. And like right. you pointed out, there were guests that would go on the Dick Cavett show that would, would not go on any other show. Catherine, really? Yeah. So here's a here's a short list of some of his guests, just to give you an idea. Salvador Dali, yeah. oh, Groucho wow. Marx, Catherine Hepburn, Judy Garland, Marlon Brando, John Lennon, Jimi Hendrix, Alfred Hitchcock, and many, many others that were that level of Do you know of any of those people, Tom? 
I know all of them. I was thinking that for some reason I thought Salvador Dali was like best buddies with Michelangelo and they they hung out while Michelangelo painted the Sistine Chapel. Like they, oh, I'm clearly okay. confusing. I think the you're time confusing frame. it with the uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Michelangelo, yeah, Michelangelo. Lots of people yes. that were alive in the 1800s. Uh, obviously, did, did Tom, you know that? Obviously, Tom would not qualify to be on the Dick Cavett show. <laughs> that's true. That's, yeah, that's, that's probably true. true. Yeah. He doesn't talk enough. I do right. know who Jimmy Fallon is. Jimmy Fallon. Uh, huh. <laughs> And Jimmy Kimmel and Jimmy Kimmel. Okay, that's good. So some of his guests, some of his guests wouldn't like. Okay, so we already said some of his guests wouldn't go on other shows. These people weren't just Dick Cavett's guests. He also became close friends with them. Right. And even hang out with them. They were there were people he spent time with. Right. Once he got to know. Yeah, and and we'll we'll discuss that actually later, in a little bit more depth. Okay, so this was actually from from an article on this was from an article on mental floss. It starts out like this. It says. (laughs) Mental flaws. Hmm. So during huh. during the first few years on the air, Dick Cavett might have imagined his worst moment as a broadcaster would remain the night when actors Peter Falk, Ben Gazzara, and John Cassavetes. Okay, we know you know none of them. Now, now we're not we're not going to get into that. But <laughs> yeah, but the, basically, to summarize that incident, oh, those sorry. three guys came on to promote a film, and they were completely blitzed. All three of them? Yes. And and they were they were literally you did, can look there's did there's Did you see this? Yeah, the whole I've watched the you whole watch interview. Okay. They were literally at one point falling all over each other on the floor on top of each other. <laughs> sounds like my kind of group. <laughs> that that, that <laughs> sounds like a, yeah. a good show. Yeah, I'd yeah. like to get right, to those right. guys. Tom, Why is that Tom. a disaster? Now yeah. now Dick Cavett handled it terrifically. But at one point he did walk off the show and was was left the stage for like two or three minutes. So you would think they that was were big buddies. All was those. it still on the air when he did the whole that? time? The whole time when he walked off. For well, two what minutes? you guys don't understand is that Dick Cavett's show was ninety minutes long, and he would have the, only have one guest. He yeah. would have one guest for an for, hour and a half. Yeah. Wow. That's incredible. That's, and yeah. so he would go to multiple breaks, and so he went to two or three breaks and would come back and have something really witty and funny to say, and those guys would still be acting ridiculous, and then he would continue. You would think that was considered his worst show in terms of just handling that difficulty. Uh-huh. However. So that happened on September 18th, 1970. Less than a year later, I don't know if you've heard this story, Ivan, Cavett would outdo himself. Interviewing New York Post columnist uh, Pete Hamill, Cavett and his guests stopped momentarily to regard the odd behavior of the man sitting a few feet away. It was like other shows. So he, sometimes he had multiple guests. So it was where he would have a guest, he'd be done with them, they would move over, the right. next guest would come right. out, and they yep. would all be out there this, you know, at the same time. Right. Same as what they did on The Tonight Show. Right. Sitting next to Ed. Yeah, so ah, so uh, Ed. So the the person he'd already interviewed that had moved over was a man named Jerome uh, Rodale. Have you heard this, no, Ivan? No, who is that? Yeah, who's that? I'll get to that. Okay. So he had just spent thirty minutes talking to Cavett about the organic food lifestyle he, he promoted, uh, but oh. he was but now he was that was way before its time, wasn't for it? Sure, yeah. For sure, for wow. sure. Wow. And so Good so lifestyle. he was, but he was snoring loudly. While he was awake, he fell asleep. Okay, hang on. So that was funny. Only during the brief time it took for Cavett to realize that Rodale's uh, color was pallid uh-huh. and that his head was slumped listlessly against his shoulder. God. Moments after the seventeen-year-old, seventy-two-year-old had declared he never felt better in my life, <laughs> he died. Rodale was dead. No, oh my God, having, no. having expired no. on, on TV. Show? On TV. <laughs> Yes. No way. That's I'm not, not kidding. <laughs> I was oh going to actually say, I mean, it, did really? somebody actually die on the set? Oh, yes. You're saying really? this man that died. Happened. I yeah, never so, 
This so at one time, but he was storing. That, that might be that might qualify as the worst. Yeah. So hang on. So I'll explain. So at one time he was he was dubbed Mr. Organic and was the most famous health advocate in the country. Wow. Rodale was as advertised, and, the, the, and he and Dick Cavett on the show spent thirty minutes of Cavett's ninety-minute show exploring Rodale's plans to live to be a hundred. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and it says, and so, he died right there. Yes, and so so when when his when his wait, we shouldn't laugh. It's too soon. Yeah, no, too soon. So so when his next guest Hamill came out, Rodell you know made room and shifted over to the next seat. And after a few minutes, he appeared to, to lose consciousness. And and, though, and as, as Dick Cavett uh, oh doesn't recall it, he's been told. Um, what does it say here? He's been told some people remember him asking Rodell if he was if he were boring him. Well, it's <laughs> oh, wow. so like people said, "Hey, Dick." At one point, you so, so Rodale, you looked over at Rodale and said, "Am I boring you?" Let me finish up the story. So yeah. it says, "Once Cabot realized uh, what was see. happening, he began to shout for a doctor in the audience." Two medical interns rushed to the stage. As police and EMTs began to fill the stage, it was obvious that Rodale would not be leaving under his own power. Uh, his inert body, it says, was taken away on a stretcher, leaving Cabot and his ast- astonished audience to process what had just happened. Rodale was this had su- live? No, well, it was tape. It was tape. It was recorded live. Okay. Rodale had suffered a fatal heart attack. Jesus. And so, <laughs> Rodale's death didn't go on air that night. So they taped it like all these other shows early in the afternoon, and then it goes okay. on a couple hours yeah. later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It says that both ABC and Dick Cavett had the good sense to not exploit the incident out of respect for him and his family. Oh, my goodness. And so that night, Cavett aired a rerun. They went on the following night to explain what had happened to viewers uh, who had read of the incident in the newspaper. Wow. Yeah. And, and so, so to this day... So that night, he really killed it. <laughs> he killed it. Ah, <laughs> I like it. There you think go. that was Dick's fault? That he caused it, similar to, possibly. to Greg and, and Toph? Ah. Yeah, he's going to drain my life <laughs> force until I'm dead. Drain life your force. life force. <laughs> oh. And so to this day, that's never been seen. It's never wow. been aired. There's no video of it. You can't find it on There's YouTube. There's video of it somewhere. No, 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 there is. And it talks about that. I just didn't get into it. But but in other words, you can't go out to YouTube and wow. right. because that show didn't right. officially air on the you know, as right. part of the show. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So how about that? I didn't man, wow. I didn't know that story. That's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, so now what I'd like to get into is something that you alluded to earlier. Yeah, this is fascinating. Because the Dick Cavett show aired, like we said, right during the peak of the U.S. involvement in the Vietnam War. And so during the run of his show, he had actors, politicians, members of the military, injured soldiers that had been brought home, all all on a show. Did you say injured shoulders? Yeah, people with injured shoulders. (laughs) Injured soldiers that had had come home. But this Dick Cavett Vietnam is really interesting. Go ahead. Yeah, and and so on on April 2015, he released a documentary for the first time on PBS called Dick Cavett's Vietnam. And actually, I'm going to play the trailer for us. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Dick Cavett. I think everybody realizes by now that there's never been anything in our history to parallel uh, the Vietnam War. All the analogies to other wars seem to be inadequate. Between 1968 and 1975, when my show aired on ABC, the Vietnam War was raging in Southeast Asia, and the reaction at home was intense. While I set out to do an entertaining talk show, you could not keep Vietnam out of the conversation. Bob Hope entertained the boys in Vietnam this Christmas. What did you do, Mr. Allen? Uh, this past Christmas, I I tried to entertain our deserters in Canada. (laughs) (laughs) That was Woody Allen. (laughs) 
Did I hear a boo up there from somebody? Is there a yes. Yeah, yeah. There... You, you, you know, you can come down here. If you disagree oh, with me on any we subject, we could come down here and, and sock each other in the mouth a couple of times. <laughs> I must say it was kind of hard hosting a show with such a gigantic controversial subject, but I didn't mind having a variety of opinion. I think it makes it a lot more interesting. We've gone completely down the wrong path. It's a disaster. I have my opinions and my, my feelings on this war, and I support it from the start. I support it while I was there, and I support it now. That's white America right baby. now spending $30 oh, really? million dollars a Muhammad day in Ali. Asia. Black and white boys are dying unjustly for nothing just to free somebody else. Are you proud of the record that our bombers have made over there? No, I'm not. That's been done. They haven't done enough. There are three fire zones in Vietnam. Free fire zone, limited fire zone, and a no fire zone. What is free fire zone Free fire mean? zone means you can shoot anything that wiggles. Men, women, children, right? Anything. And that's anything. the policy which you're here to defend tonight. I'm throwing myself in front of the show to tell you that we have a message and we'll be right back. Come on now, we're marching to the sea. Got a revolution. We are volunteers of America. Volunteers of America. Volunteers of America. So you can tell just from that clip for that trailer uh-huh. for that show, he was a pro. Oh yeah, you know he, he was incredibly versatile. He was, yeah, I mean he had that serious side, but also he was very funny. Obviously, exactly, too. He, he could handle very serious situations because everything uh, there was tons of controversy. The Vietnam War came up on his show constantly, and right. he was able to handle those very serious subjects as well as know exactly where he should in- inject some humor. Yeah, and and could handle those situations. Um, so now what I'd like to do is play some clips from an interview, uh, that, some more clips from an interview, the interview that we used to open the show. He appeared on something called Green Space WNYC back in April of this year, and I'd never heard of this, but it's, I didn't it's, it's two guys you? that host the show, and they do a great job, and so they cover a couple of topics that I think are relevant to what we've been talking about, and kind of give you a, kind of round out the picture of, of what we we want everybody to know about Dick Cavett. So the the first clip, this is regarding his career ambitions and how that involved him meeting Bob Hope, actually. Uh-huh. So I'm going to play that now. And also, ladies and gentlemen, oh, ah. and it also is, is similar to the story that we heard earlier about how he he would go to theaters and yeah. mm-hmm. and, and and very creatively uh, run into people. I've learned a lot today. That's how you of all the things yeah. I ever wanted to be, a talk show host was not among them. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I wanted to be famous. Isn't that sickening? <laughs> <laughs> and when you're sitting in Nebraska figuring how to be famous. <laughs> but uh, actually, I met a lot of show people in Lincoln, Nebraska. Bob Hope. Oh, yeah. This yeah. ad in the paper, Bob Hope, you know, the 28th. And I thought, it's a film. And a little <laughs> friend of mine and I went to this huge coliseum. It filled up. And it was a whole act of variety acts. And I thought, oh, see, it's a jip. Intermission. We go back. And now the star of our show, Bob Hope. And Bob Hope glided out on the stage with that great walk. Remember, my friend said, Jesus, there he is. And he was right there, but we didn't believe we would see him. I ran around in my already pushy way to the stage door steps after the show. And Bob Hope came. Hi, this is Bob. Join the Peace Corps. Hope came down the <laughs> steps, and I said, uh, "Fine show, Bob." And he said, "Thanks, son." <laughs> Next day at school, I told all my friends I had been hanging out with Bob Hope. <laughs> <laughs> so you were but you, at, at a young age. You were made for this job, pretty much. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, but years later, 
I'm looking backstage thinking, is Bob Hope standing there because he's one of the guests today, but I have to be sure he's there. And then when he came out, uh, I told him that story. Fine show, Bob. And he said, was that you? (laughs) (laughs) Never forgot it. Yeah, great memory. Great moment in Bob's life. Here's a clip where he explains an awkward situation that he and other talk show hosts can find themselves in and a way that he in a way that he got out of those situations. And you can learn from this with your inner with your podcast. I'm going to use this exact tip that he's going to reveal in this clip. <laughs> the best thing you can do is and it sounds so silly try to listen to what the guest is saying. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> when I down. first did the show I thought, what a nightmare. I'm going out there to do 90 minutes of television, improvised, and I don't know when to throw a commercial, and I don't know what's going on, and oh my God, I'm talking to this guest here, but somebody there let her to sign, and they took it away before I saw it, and maybe I'm supposed to be in a commercial now. And, and you look over at the guest, and the guest lips have stopped moving. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. And you have no idea what you were talking about or what they were talking about. Uh-huh. And it's really scary. A lady producer I had said, when that happens to you, she said, I should have warned you about it. Have a sentence, a question that will fit anybody at a time like that. And what's your, what was your go-to? Well, she suggested, do you pee in the shower? <laughs> <laughs> That's so crazy. That's yeah. our next question. Yeah. <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> We want to go around the horn. Yeah, I don't pee in the shower. Okay, me either. Me right. either. I just poop in the shower. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll finish up with this clip where he discusses Spiro Agnew, uh, a guest he did not enjoy having on the show. Really? Mm-hmm. Wait a minute. Does he? Does Tom need to know who Spiro Agnew? No. Was? Well, I'm going to find out, aren't I? He was oh. the dullest guest <laughs> ever. <laughs> Right. That's true. Let, let's put an ever on that. And I just didn't know what to expect. And they said, well, we're putting up some cartoons of him. He's always being politically cartooned by the great Herb Block and others. And he'll have funny things to say about them. Someone failed to give them to him. <laughs> and I said, what about this one? Is, I mean, mm. <laughs> is, is that a new one? No. Those were the highlights. Yeah. <laughs> but, but does he pee in the shower? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but I'll tell you something that might surprise you. I have the anagram curse. Uh, I rearrange letters in a word in my head, lightning speed. Nobody knows what it's a weird craziness. I once saw Alec Guinness on a marquee oh, exactly. and thought genuine class. Oh, wow. <laughs> and it is. I mean, it, and it, the tragedy is that Agnew left. One week before I realized that Spiro Agnew is grow a penis. (laughs) 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 Dick Cavett. Wow. Alec Guinness was in Star Wars. He played Obi-Wan Kenobi. Let's give a round of applause. I know Alec Guinness. Let's give a round of applause for him, shall we? Well, we're not done yet. Oh, Oh. wow. Because now we... should just do the whole podcast on this one. We probably should. Because, yeah, you got... But but we have to talk about Long Island. I know. I'm getting to that. Remember I told you. Are each one of these going to be this long? I doubt it. Okay. If not, we'll take a second. I mean, Dick Cavett's kind of a... 
yeah. icon. I want to start right? out strong. Yeah, yeah. So I told you I'd get to your stuff. Yeah, this is a this is fascinating. So of course From to wrap up to, to wrap up each segment, we have to ask the question. So where are they now? Uh, right. So a couple weeks ago, Dick Cavett turned eighty-one years old, and in the last twenty years, listen, this this is he's been able to kind of pick so and he choose out, his projects. He outlived the health guy. He far outlived the health guy, right. Mr. Organic. Yeah. So, you know, the last 20 years, he's kind of been able to pick and choose what he wanted to be involved in. We've talked about a couple of those projects. So earlier this year, as Ivan mentioned, he uh, there was a story on CBS This Morning that did a... a <laughs> earlier this year, CBS This Morning did a story on Dick Cavett's efforts to restore his beachfront getaway on Montauk, Long Island. So... <laughs> Unfortunately, in the interest of time, I couldn't pull any clips for, right, right. for for that from that show. So this house was built in the 1880s by, 1880s. A, fa- by a famous architect, and he bought the home in 1966 before he even became famous. He and his wife at the time, and so many of his guests, like I said, he was friends with before his guests. Before the architect became famous, no, before Dick Cavett became okay. famous, right. and he was close friends with a lot of his guests, and he would oftentimes have them out to his house, this this famous house. Uh, you know, some of those included Woody Allen, Lauren Bacall. Uh, he, they even mentioned playwright Tennessee Williams. Well, in 1997, listen to this. In 1997, oh. over a hundred years after the home was built, it burned to the ground. Burned to the ground. Dick Cavett didn't have any plans. Nothing. So he had to recreate this home just from photographs and just yeah. his memory of the house. And, and and he did. And he did it. Yeah. And so he successfully and, recreated this entire house inside and out. And if you look at CBS Sunday morning segment, Dick Cavett, Long Island discussion about that house, unbelievable house. And now it's for sale for his property and house are for sale for sixty. Is it sixty-two million? Yeah. So after sixty-two million. Yeah. So after owning the home for for fifty years, yeah. he's putting it up for sale, the house and the twenty acres that it sits on yeah. for sixty-two million dollars. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think I think we'd agree that that yeah. Dick Cavett was brilliant. Um, he's he's not remembered like like legends like Johnny Carson or, or David Letterman, um, but he he was he was good if not better than all of them possibly just in some of the ways that he was able to handle different situations. Yeah, uh, he was he was loved by critics. Uh, he's won many awards for his work, uh, including uh, ten Emmys, like Ivan mentioned earlier. Wow! And, and we'll finish with this, Ivan. I think you'll appreciate this more than more than anyone. It's a story about him and Marlon Brando. It says, Cavett once related an anecdote that he and Marlon Brando were having dinner at a restaurant when a female fan approached the two men and made an advance. That's a nice way of saying she was flirting with them. <laughs> with them? <laughs> with the or two with of them. So they're sitting them. at dinner at a wow. restaurant. Yeah. A fan comes up and makes an advance on them. Okay. It says, the men almost partook in a threesome with the fan, but Cavett decided against it because they hadn't finished their soup. <laughs> 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 Uh, that's, yeah, that's yeah, so I don't know if we did Dick Cavett justice in this conversation, but I, I think it's worthwhile for anybody that's never heard of him to go out on YouTube. It's one of those things where you're going to just head down the rabbit hole and for hours you can watch clips from the Dick Cavett show with some of the most famous people you know, you've ever heard of. So uh, I'd encourage anybody to do that. So, so, so thank I hope, uh, you, Dick Cavett. Yes, I hope everybody enjoyed learning a little bit about it. I did. Yeah, so I never go. even There's, heard of Dick Cavett. There's Dick today. Cavett. Yeah. Now I need to go take a bathroom break. You do? Do you really? Yes. Okay. We've been in here for like three hours. Well, we have like seven doctor, Diet Dr. Pepper. Well, we can pause if you want. Yeah, we probably need to for a second. Do you want to pause? Yeah. Okay, let's pause. Well, once again, we've run out of time. 
Please come back in two weeks for part two when we'll profile three others in the first installment of Where Are They Now? You can listen to the Gravity Beard podcast on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, or anywhere else you consume podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at TheGravityBeard. Email us at contactthebeard at gmail.com or interact with us and other indie pods in the Underdog Podcast community on Facebook. We definitely want to hear from you. If you got at least a dollar's worth of entertainment from today's episode, please consider supporting us on Patreon. You can go to patreon.com forward slash gravitybeard for more details. Gravity Beard is a proud member of the Podfix Network. Go to podfixnetwork.com to see a complete list of network shows. You may also consider subscribing to Podfix Presents. It's a podfix by all the Podfix hosts, where you can hear exclusive original content that you'll not hear on their individual shows. Our theme song is Sophomore Makeout by Silent Partner. In the intro, we use another song by Sophomore Makeout called Get Back. Both songs can be found on the YouTube audio library. And now we're treating you to Quitting Time by Patrick Lee, CC by NCSA 3.0. You can search for him by name at freemusicarchive.org. Hey, listeners. I can't believe I'm saying this, but next week we're celebrating a huge milestone. It's the 100th episode of the Gravity Beard Podcast. Join us for a special expanded edition of This Week Today. My friend and co-host, Lord Saunders, will be joining me in studio for the very first time. In fact, we've actually never met in person. Don't miss it. This is the Gravity Beard Podcast. It's what your ears will want to be listening to. This is the Gravity Beard Podcast. Tom doesn't say much. No. Have you noticed? No, that? which which actually it, is that very in. aggravating to be on the podcast. <laughs> I, I, Tom, I know for a fact yeah. that Tom has a lot to cre- a lot to contribute to I the know, show. I know, but he's like a church mouse. <laughs> <laughs> so in the mid '60s, he had a brief career as a stand-up comic. I'm I'm not surprised by that at all. And, and yeah, we'll hear some clips from him. He's, he's very funny. Uh, I, I mean, it, it, as if anybody five six really can stand up. Oh, yeah. Whoa, a short joke. Wow. Which I think we've learned recently. Yeah, we learned recently. You have an issue with short people. I do. Yeah. I do. I'm fascinated by it. Oh, fascinating. It's a fascination. You want, you want to know something? So I've known Greg for several years, uh-huh. and I would say he's, for me, he's equal parts. I really like him, and he also drains my life force. Oh, <laughs> Equal drain. parts. Yeah. It's like a life those two things. Drains those two things your kinda, life force. Yeah. It's like, like putting that. a humidifier and a dehumidifier <laughs> in the room together. <laughs> <laughs> they just duke it out. It just cancels out. Yeah. Then you're in a room. Man. Mm-hmm. That really hurts my feelings. I like you more than you drain my life force. <laughs> Thanks, Tom. <laughs>